from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hey, Scott Romine here. We're doing a show on remote location today. We don't often get to do that. We are at Sherwood Smiles with Dr. Jeff Powell. He's a dentist in Sherwood on Keel. It's SherwoodSmile.com. Their phone number is 501-834-5772. And he is the Star Wars dentist. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. So did you grow up in Little Rock or no? So I was born in Little Rock. I spent my early years in Kansas and then we moved back when I was in junior high. So I'm pretty much a Sherwood boy. So what, did you go to Sylvan Hills, I oh, guess? Sylvan Hills. Go Bears. What are your favorite memories of being around Little Rock? Um, let's see. Um, I had a great time going to Travis games at the old um, Ray Winderfield. Oh, yeah. With my family. I, my uncle uh, owned a bunch of dry cleaners, and he had box seats there. And I always thought we were two rows in front of the Clintons, which I always thought was very cool. That they, kind of a big deal. They were behind us. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved going there. and I, uh, Great memories of... of baseball and going to football games at, at war memorial and um just you know i'm, a, I'm an arkansas boy i remember I, my granddad taking me to one of those games when the san diego chicken yes come in town do you remember I that i remember seeing the san diego chicken yes that was probably yes late 70s yeah. early early 80s yeah. but san diego chicken was, was a big, big deal, deal. Yeah. that was a big deal back it was then a big deal yeah. <laughs> Where did the interest in becoming a dentist come from? So I've wanted to become a dentist since I was about 12 or 13. Um, I always had uh, challenges with my teeth. I didn't have rotten teeth, but I always had a very crooked teeth, had very large teeth and a very small head. Um, and so I went to the dentist a lot as a kid and I always had really good experiences. Um, and I always thought it would be a really cool job. And as I grew, um, I was very interested in science and I had a flair for art, and it's a good combo. It's a very artistic field, but it's healthcare, and it's you know it, it it's a profession that suits me really really well. And I've been a dentist for twenty four years. So, so tell me when you and I were kids, we're like right the same age with all the same interest. When you went to the dentist, there's this little toilet bowl thing that yes. we would spit in. Yeah, what gross. was that called, and when yes. did that go away? Disgusting. It's a cuspidor. Okay. And um, I think it went away about the time AIDS came into play. Really? Because um, they're impossible to clean. So you spit in them, and, and um, they still <laughs> make them. You can still order them on dental chairs, but we're not supposed to use them. Yeah, and so I don't have any of those. Yeah, they're gross. Yeah. But as a kid, it was kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, to spit. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. I, but also, you know, as a kid, you know, the dentist would put his hairy knuckles in your mouth. I mean, there was no gloves. There was no mask. You're right. Looking straight up nose hairs and, and feeling hairy knuckles, tightening my braces and stuff like that. So I, I don't know that that would have been uh, my field of choice had it not been for gloves and masks. Because, I mean, I, if I examine my own kid's teeth, I put gloves on. You know, I want to say they've improved that paste that you use because yeah. it used to be very, very gritty yeah. and nasty. Yeah, and the fluoride stuff. I remember the fluoride stuff that you had to rinse with was like fire. It was like rinsing with fire, and you were supposed to keep it in your mouth for 30 seconds. And I used to always try to lie to the hygienist, say, my mom said I didn't have to do the fluoride. Um, and they would go <laughs> check and make sure. Yeah, 
So, but it's better now. It is better. There are lots of improvements in dentistry since I was a kid. So, and lots of improvements over the last 24 years since I've been a dentist. I mean, it's a different ball game now. I got out of dental school in 98 and I was doing lots of silver fillings and gold crowns and things like that. That was, you know, standard of care. And I, I mean, I can't remember the last silver filling I did. And, and a gold crown is, I mean, rare. You know, if I do a gold crown, it's. Well, what replaced yeah. it? Porcelain. So composite, which is a kind of a mix between resin and porcelain glass, um, which is the white fillings that everybody wants now. They're just better materials. They hold up better. They look better. They bond to the tooth, and you don't have to drill as much. Um, and then, of course, porcelain and zirconia crowns. There's just lots more out there that, that works as well as metal but looks better. So nobody wants to smile and see dentistry. They want to smile and just see teeth. So. I remember when we were kids, there was something my aunt used to make me do, and there was a soldier on the package, like a toy soldier, and you chewed up these red tablets. Oh, yes. What yeah. was that? Disclosing agent. So that that only stains plaque. And so now, it's very cool technology now. I remember those when I was a kid, too. It just turned it all pink. Right. Now, now we've got them, and it turns old plaque pink and new plaque purple. And so you see if the kid just brushed really, 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 really good right before they got to the dentist. And they still have a bunch of old plaque on their teeth, you know, or um, it's, it's very interesting. And, and sometimes like you can get them on Amazon now. And if you got a kid that's not brushing their teeth, it's a nice way to, to encourage them. I like to tell people to do it after the kid says they brush their teeth really good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chew on this because if their teeth are clean, it doesn't stain anything. I mean, it makes you, makes your gums a little pink, but it doesn't stain anything. And if they brush their teeth really good and then they chew one of those tablets and all their <laughs> teeth are pink, they didn't do a great job. Yeah, yeah. So, teeth whitening is very popular very now. Very popular. Very popular. I is a, that good to do or not good to do? So it it can be very safe, but it should. It is. Um, it can go wrong. So I wouldn't get your teeth whitening advice from TikTok um, or Instagram <laughs> or um, anything else. I, I would not get it. I would trust. You know, make sure you have a dentist that you trust. There is. There are over the counter things that. That work well, but there are also some over-the-counter things that you can get at Walmart or Target that are harmful to your teeth. So, um, you know, you got to be careful with what's out there because you only get this one set of teeth, your adult teeth. You don't you don't get a replacement. And you can't regrow enamel. So, um, the big baddie out there right now is charcoal. Um, it's very popular on the internet, and it's it's like brushing your teeth with sand. So it may remove a couple of surface stains, but it will actually remove layers of enamel. And the more you use it, the more damage you do. And you can't regrow enamel. So you get one, you get one shot that. at it. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. No matter what the, the toothpaste companies promise, you cannot regrow enamel. I know you don't really do braces, but has that technology come along as yes. well? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was a kid, braces, you got them when you were, they let all the teeth grow in first and then you'd get them at, 12 or 13 that's right and these big metal brackets and bands on the back teeth and and stainless steel wires and now sometimes we do we recommend two sets of braces like like you'll get one interceptive braces so you'll get some to move the teeth around when you're eight to help the teeth erupt into the right position so instead of doing you know three years of braces you you do you know a year of braces when you're eight and then maybe a year when you're 13 and it's a lot less um damaging to your teeth and gums but also now there's titanium wires and there's ceramic brackets and there's invisalign there's lots of stuff out there besides just the big metal brackets 
I remember how painful they were no, when I first we don't got like, them we on. Like, see, discomfort. You know, you oh. have some discomfort when you get them on and you eat soup for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, but it's worth it. Man, when, when I had these huge, huge buck teeth when I was a kid, and my grandpa used to say I could eat uh, corn on the cob through a picket fence. <laughs> and um, once I got my braces on and it closed that space and it pulled my giant teeth back, I was just like amazed. And I was like, well, I'm going to dental school. I mean, that's it. And I really never wavered. I was 12. So I was the only kid I knew that had a bionator. Oh, yeah. They don't, you know, do those anymore. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Those are big, massive, big talk like this when you charge Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there are better appliances now because there are better materials. So. I mean, yeah. what was the other one? Everybody had a retainer, yeah. but mine was a bionator. Yeah, it which was, sh- was moving your jaws to yes, try to keep you from right. having surgery. Yeah. So is that not done anymore? So there are better appliances that you can still talk with and keep your teeth clean because that bionator you, it covered everything, mm-hmm. so you couldn't really talk and you couldn't function with it. Um, so there are it's called a Herbst appliance now. It looks like kind of pistons in the back of your mouth, but it's a lot more comfortable than the bionator. I would only wear it at night. Yeah. I was supposed to wear it all the time. That was but the issue. The, there's compliance. no way. Compliance. So you got to have something that's more comfortable. And and the Herbst appliance, which is which kind of replaced that, is is glued in. So you can't take it out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, that would solve that problem. Yeah. Where'd you go to school for this? Um, so I went to Sylvan Hills High School. I went to Lyon College in Batesville. I studied biology there. And then I went to Baylor College of Dentistry in Dallas. Baylor is now known as... Well, Baylor College of Dentistry is now Texas A&M University System College of Dentistry, but I don't claim to be an Aggie. I'm, I'm a Baylor bear. So. <laughs> what do you tell people that are scared about going to the dentist? Um, it, it depends on the situation, but a, the dental fear, dental phobia is very, very common. Um, probably more common in adults than kids, um, but I, I do tell them I don't. I don't lie to kids. You know, if a kid says, am I going to get a shot? I was like, yeah, you are. You know, I can't, <laughs> because if, if I lie and they catch me in a lie, they'll never trust me again. Right. Um, but I do, I do say that, you know, I'll, I'll tell a, a kid or whatever that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I do call things by different names. I mean, I'm put a little, I put a little sure. sleepy jelly on this tooth and I'm put a little sleepy juice in this tooth and, and I make this as easy as possible and we're going to have fun. And I do, a lot of distraction technique. I do a lot of, you know, I talk basically nonstop while the kids are in the chair to um, distract them. Sometimes I have them um, hold on to a, this is funny. So if sometimes I'll have them hold on to a lightsaber hilt oh, yeah. um, to, you know, and, and, you know, if they try to reach up and grab my hand or you know, touch their mouth, I'm like, Oh, don't let it drop. Don't let it drop. Grab that. Don't, don't forget. So, um, distraction is a big is a big part of it but i try to make things as easy as possible and fun so um and there's also a little bit of bribery into the into that you know we have a nice toy box and uh you know you want to you want to get something good out of the toy box so you know you gotta open (laughs) it and sometimes it works with adults too um adults will um they tend to um i've got adults who are fear the dentist come in two varieties one is they want to know absolutely everything that you're about to do and see it before you do it. And the other is I want to close my eyes and not think about this and not see anything that you're about to do. Um, so you kind of got to get a feel for who you're working on. Um, and fortunately I have, I have a really good staff. I have, I have three really good chair side assistants and they are wonderful at calming nerves. And, you know, because they can do it before I even walk in the room, the the patient's a, a little bit more relaxed and prepared for, you know, the white coat that walks in the room. 
and I tend not to be real stuffy and, um, and you know, I, I come in and, and try to be, and try to smile and try to get to know the patients so that they're comfortable with me as a person before I get sit down and get to work on them. So, cause working in someone's mouth is, is pretty invasive and personal. So, you know, well, even if you had to lie to the kid, I mean, what you told them is true from a yeah. certain point of view. Yeah. But once you lie to, you know, if you tell them, <laughs> you know, if you tell them it's not, you tell them, it's, it's, they say, am I going to need a shot? You say, yeah, but I've got, I am really good at it. That's yeah. what I tend to say is I'm well, really sure. good at it. And I make it really easy. You won't even know. And because if I say, no, you know, and if I say, no, you're not, you're not going to yeah. get a shot. You know, if they see that shot oh, out of sure. the corner of their eye, and I work really hard not to show it to them, but if they see it, you know, you lied to me, yeah. and there's nothing worse <laughs> echoing through the halls of the dental clinic than, than you that. lied to me. So you're known as the Star Wars dentist. I, I love your office and all of your Star Wars stuff. It's like I'm at home. Yeah, some would say I'm a little eccentric. So Tell me some of my favorite memories, probably the same as yours, seeing Star Wars in the theater the first time. So it's the first movie I have actual memory of seeing. I was I was six when it came out, um, and we saw it in a drive-in movie, which wasn't even a thing then. I mean, they were already out of fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had a newborn sister, and so I remember sitting on, like, the armrest of my parents' car, and my dad was in the driver's seat, and then my mom was, like feeding my sister in the back with a bottle. So that's my first memory. And I remember vividly the one scene where Luke and Leia swing across the, Oh yeah. The, the, the chasm and, yeah. the, and it's yeah. so cool. And, and then, you know, and from then on, you know, an, a new movie came out every two or three years. And so a new batch of toys would come out. And so, I mean, it was my childhood every, you know, it was all my toys were star Wars toys. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, matchbox cars, star Wars toys. That was, that was my stuff. Um, and I mean, I was fairly obsessed from the beginning and then, you know, as, as I grew with, when the prequels came out, I was an adult. Um, but it sort of, renewed my uh you know the toys came out again there were new toys to right buy. that's right and when the prequels came out i was fresh out of dental school and i was not married and um i would go toy shopping and i would buy all kinds of toys and i just loved it and um you know and it has slowed down now that i'm married and have kids you know i don't buy toys for myself <laughs> as much well, I, mean, I still more, do they've gotten more expensive now you know i don't yeah I don't just go to sideshow but yeah, yeah right exactly yeah. um but yeah so it kind of for a new audience, you know, so it renewed all over again. And I remember, um, when the, when the prequels came out and I started, you know, I found my old star Wars stuff and started deck. I decorated one, a room in my house. Uh, it was my office and I, I put some star Wars stuff on the walls and got some posters and all this stuff. And, and I, I remember one of my, one of my best friends who was my college roommate was there and he was like, I had no idea you were this obsessed with this. And I was like, well, you know, it wasn't cool when I was in college, you know, there was a kind of a gap when oh, sure. nobody heard of star Wars, you know, it was an old thing, Yeah, but, um, I know, not that it's cool now, but you know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was kind of surprised and for someone who know me, knows me very well to, to be surprised that I'm, I'm a bit of a star Wars nerd. So a bit keeps yeah. you young yeah, yeah, oh you know, I am too. I my it. house is full of it just like this I love you know it. and now you know i've got two daughters that are that are both into it and my wife is into it and it's funny that um my wife and i discovered um that we both had the same star wars bedspread when we were kids um 
which is, you know, so funny, you know. We have it um, on our bed so, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we both, you know, she lived Star Wars too when she was a kid and, and was was a big fan of it. And it, it's just, it's very cool. And my, my girls love it. And and we've been to Star Wars Celebration. And, you know, one of my daughters carried a Chewbacca lunchbox forever at school, you know. And she even got in a little fight with a little boy who Perfect. said that was, a, that's a boy's lunchbox. And no. <laughs> so. No. So, you know, here's something that you can't explain to somebody that wasn't there. But for me, probably the most special part of Star Wars was that period right after the first one before Empire where there wasn't a lot of merchandising. And every magazine and every TV show from Sesame Street to... Donnie Marie. Donnie Marie or the Academy Awards wanted to feature Star Wars somehow. That was the coolest time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it was so, um, and you know, you couldn't watch it anytime you want. Like, you know, no, it's always you on TV now. You didn't own it. There weren't video cassettes. No. It wasn't playing on, you know, you saw it in the theater. You know, I saw it once yeah. in, in the drive-in movie. And, you know, and then you're obsessed with it and you play it and you, you know, you just. Uh, it, the figures yeah. kept it alive. Right. Because you couldn't go and watch it on TV. No. No. And I, I mean, I, I vividly remember watching the holiday special. And thinking it was amazing. And it's horrid. It is horrible. You, I mean, it is terrible. But, I mean, it, it was something that came out that you could watch. You but know, the cartoon part it. is cool. The cartoon part was cool, yeah. And I remember waiting. I think R2 and 3PO were on Sesame Street yeah. one night. Yeah. You know, it was always some little thing like that. Yeah. You know, that you just kind of waited on. Yeah. And, of course, their bootleg merchandise, I remember coming out. My mom had, like, the Avon lady come around. Yeah. And I get like this Star Destroyer necklace or yes. something. Well, uh, yeah, I had a my case that I kept my Star Wars figures in wasn't a Star Wars case. No, it was a Star World. That's case, right. Which had a vague sort of Darth Vader esque character on the front, and it had everybody was sort of. It was it was very funny, and I still have it. It's oh yeah, it's so funny. Star um, I, case. Yes, I did acquire a, a legit Star Wars case from eBay some years later. You know, as an adult. Because that's the one I always wanted when I was a kid. I didn't. I didn't want the the generic off brand Star World. Well, they're selling the artwork now, like you know that was on the front of those cases. Because yeah. there's three or four of those cases. Yeah. You know, it's unreal that they do cater to the fifty year olds yeah. like us. Yeah. You know, because we're the ones buying all of it. But it reminds us of our childhood, and it's fun, and and we have good, it associate with good memories and and stuff, and a, and a simpler time, I suppose. Oh yeah, before you know. internet and. Yeah. and you cell could, phones and, and it wasn't on demand you know you couldn't look up anything and you didn't know the backstory of any of these actors or anything like that i mean it, what you got was what you got um i mean i remember watching an episode of laverne and shirley and carrie fisher was on it and being just completely you know like oh my gosh it's princess Leia. you know oh, yeah you know of course. that was you know you anyway was there parts of star wars that you didn't care for as much um you know, I have never been into c- cartoons, and so even even the ones that are that are very popular and more geared towards adults, I just I could not get into them and watch them. Like I haven't watched the Clone Wars, yeah, which is I, I think, and I'm also not a gamer. I don't play video games, and so um, there's a whole world of you know of like extended universe kind of Star Wars stuff oh, that yeah. I am not familiar with. In fact, um, we were at a Star Wars celebration a few years ago, and um, Ashley Eccleson or something is her name. She plays, she's voices one of the main characters on, on, um, 
Ahsoka on one of the cartoons and she was standing right by us talking to us, me and my wife. And I had no idea who she was. I didn't know she was an, you know, I mean, we were just making conversation. Like she was another fan like us, you know? And then all of a sudden everybody started gathering around her, getting her autograph and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I don't know who that is, but that's cool. But you know, (laughs) just cause I don't, I don't know that part. Um, right. uh, You know, I'm, I'm really kind of a, I guess until the, the Netflix shows came out, I was really just about the movies. Um, but now that the, you know, the Boba Fett and the, the Mandalorian is amazing. Those are great. And yeah. So, you know, and, and that's, I mean, they're, they're like the movies to me, you know, they're, they're each to one of those. To me, is they're like a movie. better than yeah. the last few movies. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I love the movies. I, you know, when even, even the prequels that, that now I look back, I did, I don't love them. But, you know, when they came out, I, they were amazing just because I was getting to, you know, back it in was Star back. Wars and it was Obi-Wan and it was Anakin and it was, you know, and it was just so cool. And um, so, you know, even even when the, the new movies come out, you know, um, like I don't read anything about what's going to happen. Like I can't watch, right. I can't read a review. I don't watch a trailer. I just want to go in and see it. And, you know, people ask, what's, what, what are you going to think? I said, I, I'm not the one to ask because I'm going to love it no matter what. It could be horrible, and I'm going to really yeah. think it's amazing. So, <laughs> so at least like, I Like, I really love, oh, what's the Star Wars? Galaxy's Edge. Yes. But to me, it's kind of a slap in the face that Darth Vader is across the park in, in some little yeah. building and his, you know, Kylo, which is, I'm sorry, his poor man, Darth Vader, is <laughs> running around in the theme, in the billion dollar theme park. Yeah. It should be set in the original trilogy world so for I, me. I do think they might have made a mistake. Yeah. Making it a separate. Um, I think they wanted to capture what Universal captured with Hogwarts, you know, with right. the Harry Potter land. You know, when you're there, you feel like you're in the movie because the castle's there and it's amazing. And you see the car, you know, Ron's car that's wrecked and it's very immersive. There's the wand shop and, and at, at galaxy, it's very immersive too, but it's not, it's, it's JJ's world. It's different. It's different. It's, it's because it's an, a different, it's supposed to be a different planet. You know, it's a different world. It's, you're not walking by, um, you know, the, the same stuff, you know, Luke's house and, and right. that kind of stuff. And the, the death star, the, you know, the, um, the Emperor's Throne and stuff like that, which would be really cool to, you know. But it's very cool. I got to say. It's I've, cool. I've, I've been to Galaxy's Edge East and Galaxy's Edge West, and I, I loved them both. I mean, I, I spent my birthday there one year. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's amazing, and I'm glad that there's that outlet for us, you know, to walk around with our you know, as a full-grown adult with a of lightsaber course. and, you know, pose for pictures in front of the Millennium Falcon. But imagine so. if you could stand in front of Jabba yeah. on that plate, you know, wondering it's, if it's going to yeah. drop. I mean, the, yeah. to me, it's I love it, too. Yeah. But there's a lot of missed opportunity. Yeah. And, I, and I do think that, you know, that... Uh, anyway, it's, it's so cool, and I love it. <laughs> and I would go back, you know, every month if I could. And I would, uh, too. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. So, so you're also into the costuming part. Can you tell so, us yes. about that? So um, several years ago, um, I found out about this group called the 501st. And it's a costuming organization that does charity work. And so it's 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 an amazing organization. And I think I'd seen them on a parade, um, like Macy's Thanksgiving, or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'd seen them. And I found out that there was a group close by there's a group in arkansas called the 501st and so what it is um you have to have to join you have to have a movie accurate costume 
dark side costume. So it's only for the the villains. So it's of the course. St- started with the stormtroopers, but it's also Vader and 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 Boba Fett and all that stuff. Um, so you have to have a movie accurate costume, and they are very picky. And you cannot just go to like Spirit Halloween and buy a movie accurate stormtrooper costume. No. So you have to have a movie accurate costume. It has to be fitted to you. Um, and so you buy the pieces or you have them made and you put it all together and, um, and they, you take pictures and you submit it and they'll tell you what you need to change to make it more movie accurate. And then they let you in. And so we do appearances, uh, at charity events. We do before the pandemic, we did, um, monthly visits to children's hospital where we would take toys and do, um, visits to the, the, um, children's room is so much fun. And we partner with make a wish and we've had some, um, events where we've raised money to grant a star Wars ish wishes for for some kids around central Arkansas. And we do parades and, and we've done, uh, Halloween visits with foster kids at DHS and, um, it's so much fun. And so I started with a stormtrooper, and, um, I did that for several years. Um, and then I was able to find a, um, a, the parts for a Vader. And so I, uh, a couple of years after that, I was able to get approved with my Empire Strikes Back Vader. And there is nothing like putting all that on and standing there. <laughs> and I mean, you don't even talk or move really. You just stand there and then, and it breathes and you can hear it and the lights oh, yeah. and, and it's just, it's, it's a, it's very powerful and, you know, the kids will either want to run and high five you or, you know, or, you know, hide a little bit. So, um, but it's so much fun and it's a, it's a tremendous organization and it's, it's such a cool thing to be a part of to, uh, my, my daughter calls it my space friends. Cause, um, you know, of course. Just, so, um, but they, they, it's a great group of people and I've met some really fun people that I probably wouldn't have gotten to become friends with outside of that because we all come from different walks of lives and the only thing we share is kind of a passion for for um, Star Wars and charity work. And you can put those two things together. And, you know, I mean, it's fun to go to a charity walk, but it's really fun to go dressed up like a stormtrooper. Well, of course. <laughs> so, so. I understand that some of those guys have ended up on some of the shows. Yes, yes. So um, you know, when they were filming The Mandalorian, the first season of The Mandalorian, they needed a bunch of stormtroopers and stormtrooper armor is, I mean, it's, it's difficult to wear for one thing. And, um, they didn't have enough good stormtrooper armor for the actors. And so they invited members of the 501st to fill in, which is totally cool. And, um, so we have message boards and stuff and, you know, there were people posting about, you know, I got to be a part of this and that's just, it's awesome. Um, it's ironic that Disney embraces it like they do, knowing that they don't sell any of the stuff. Yeah, they don't have the, you know, but they're, I mean, they're making bank off this. Sure. You know? But it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I love it. And I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a very creative um, medium. I think, I think the Star Wars universe is, you know, you can, you can dabble in it a little bit or you can go really, really head first like really really have. deep yeah. into it well, yeah. sure so you can have a, a casual fan and then you can have someone who has you know stormtrooper armor in their closet so <laughs> there's <laughs> lots in between yeah i mean it's fun stuff some of this stuff is probably a little hard to obtain yeah so um the, i actually have one of the holy grails of star wars collectibles 
here at my office. It's called The Chaken, which is a poster that was released in 76, which is the year before Star Wars came out, at a Comic-Con in California. And so they did this artwork just to draw up interest for mm-hmm. Star Wars, which hadn't come out yet. It doesn't have any really any known actors in it. And they sold it for, I think, 75 cents or something like that. And you have one. And I have one. So I got it um, from uh, one of those auctions where they auction off the contents of a storage building. Ah. And I think it used to belong to Jennings Osborne. Um, oh, it was a bunch so of autographs. Cool. And so it was in very bad shape. And it, the edges were burned, and it was in a frame that it didn't fit in, and so it was all warped and stuff. And and I saw it for sale at this auction. And I thought, well, I had never seen one, and even if it's not legit, I want it because sure. it was neat. It was a really neat piece cool. of artwork. And so I bid on it, and I got it. And um, then when I got it here, um, it's signed by Mark Hamill, which I didn't know. You couldn't see the signature in. The, oh, and that's so cool. So I had it. I took it to this amazing gallery down the street, Red Door Gallery, and they had um, a conservationist come and take it out of the busted up frame and clean it as best they could and reframed it and set it and stabilized it. And then when you could really look at it and tell what it was, um, I I got it authenticated and mm-hmm. it's it's legit. And it's fantastic. So, but the cool thing, so is it has a signature on it. it has Mark Hamill's signature, it's Luke Skywalker's signature on it. But you couldn't verify that signature. Mm-hmm. And I had met him before and gotten a signature. It didn't look the same. So I took a chance and I tweeted a picture of this artwork to Mark Hamill with the signature, and I said, "Hey, I just got this at an auction. It's really in bad shape, but this signature doesn't look like your signature I've had before. You know, um, ha ha ha, just to see." And he tweeted me back, really, and confirmed that it was legit, which was totally cool. And so my uh, one of my daughters framed the tweet, and so it hangs on my wall because you know. Oh, that is so great. Anyway, so it was. It's that's my coolest find, I think. Um, and you know, I didn't pay very much for it. I say it was in really bad shape. Um, um, it cost more to frame than it did to purchase it. So, but um, it's priceless. It's one of my, it's one of my really cool finds. Yeah. You took a segment of your dental office. And this was not the original no, office, right? Where did no. you start? Is this building fairly new? So, so I purchased the building, um, um, nine years ago and from a dentist who left private practice and went into academia. So, um, I had, um, and the dentist I purchased it from was very, um, like, you know, no artwork on the walls. Everything is, uh, everything is very, um, plain, I mm-hmm. think. And so I had a conference room up at the front of my office with, uh, you know, a dining room table and a TV and a, you know, a normal chandelier and stuff like that. We never used this room. So it's just a big wasted space for us. Like we didn't have our office meetings in there. We just, it was just a. That's boring. Yes. And so I had this idea to turn it into kind of a Star Wars room. Cause um, I guess I have two kids and most of my Star Wars collection has been ousted from my house and was in big bins in storage. And I wanted a place to display it. And I also wanted kind of a place where kids could play because I have acquired a lot of toys throughout the years and much to my, um, fellow collectors um chagrin is i have to open everything i cannot leave stuff in the package really yes so if i buy something if i buy a toy it's getting opened (laughs) 
And, you know, and my friends who, who are collectors, they're like, oh, I can't believe you opened that. That's, you know, you got to yeah. keep the box pristine and oh, all that yeah. stuff. And I was like, nope, it's got to be opened. It's got to be open. I got to put the gun on there. You know, I got to sure. put the lightsaber on. I got to, you know, check their cape and all this stuff. Of course. So all this stuff is opened. So I, I have it in bins in there for kids to play with. So I had a patient who designs sets for um, plays. And so he was in one day and I, I kind of bounced the idea off him and, um, and he was like, yeah, my, my team could totally do something there. And so I brought him back in and we discussed it, what I wanted. And I said, I wanted something like, you know, kind of a fun star Wars room. And so they built it for me and, um, it took a long time. It was a lot of construction, but they did an amazing job. And so I've got like, um, uh, basically one side kind of looks like the cockpit of the millennium Falcon. I've got the, um, I've got a little board that with all buttons and switches that they can play with. And, um, and then there's, a, a video game in there that you can play with and a little sidewall that looks like the death star. And then there's a, um, a big shelf that's just full of toys and they're toys to play with and there's helmets to try on. And so, and there's books about star Wars that the kids can read. So if the kids will go in there and play and the adults will go in and take Instagram pictures and, um, it's just, it's a fun, it's the room it's I wanted. Awesome. I wanted it so badly when I was eight and, you know, I only had to wait, you know, 40 years, <laughs> but I got it. And, uh, it's funny cause the, the dentist I purchased the office from, uh, came and, and visited and I was showing him around the star Wars room and he was just like, I don't understand this. <laughs> you don't why get it. You, why would you do this? <laughs> so anyway, it's just, it's just me. And it's just, it's a fun room. I hated during the pandemic, we had to close it because there was too much there that you could touch. Sure. And it was hard. You couldn't clean it. And so we weren't allowed to really have anything that was a high touch surface out. So we had to close it for about almost a year and a half, I think. And you would see the kids come by and look longingly through the window. Aww. Like, Oh, can we go play? I said, no, man, we can't play. I want to go in there and play too. So, um, I call it my hyperspace room. Um, and the, the team, uh, the, the, the designer is named Josh Anderson and he just did an amazing job. I mean, everything he did is just, I mean, it's just so cool. And it's, um, it's been a fun little addition to my practice and, and it's been something that really kind of sets my little, my little practice apart from everybody else down the way. There's, you know, there's four dentists on keel. So, but I'm the only one with a star Wars room. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably just based on the star Wars stuff, like, you know, you've probably got some patients that come from a long way. Um, so I do. And, um, and, you know, I get people in and a lot of my patients will wear a Star Wars shirt the day they come in. Oh, yes. You know, because, yeah. oh, I, don't, I know you'd like this. I know you'd like, which is great. I think it's awesome. Oh, it's just fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I, I word kind of got out of, of how quirky and weird my little office is. And, and it's been fun. So I say I take my dentistry very seriously, but I don't really take myself very seriously. Yeah. And so I do. This is my space. And, and this is kind of. This you really get a sense of my personality when you're here, and yes, I'm a little bit of a Star Wars nerd, so a little bit. <laughs> so, do other people in the five hundred first and all that? Do they know you're the Star Wars dentist? Yes, yes, yes. So I've had a a, a cup. I've had a little party here once with with all of them, and and when I opened the Star Wars room, um, a bunch of the five hundred first came out and in costume and and did our ribbon cutting and was so <sighs> fun. And and they're just they're a very supportive bunch. Um, 
and and I've gotten so you know yeah and some of them I work on their teeth so which is fun too so we we have to speak when when one of my 501st friends is in we have to schedule a little bit of extra time because my assistants know we'll be talking a lot bef- and getting just a little bit of dentistry done. So that's okay. <laughs> but so, a lot of Star Wars talking. A lot of talking. Star Wars talking, so that's okay. So. so what's the next thing that you want to try to add to the collection? Um, so the only autograph that I don't own of the main group is Kenny Baker, who played R2-D2. He's, he There's died. one on Facebook Marketplace so right he now. He died a few years ago, and so I I kind of keep my eye out. One one of these days, I'm going to get one. Um, I'm kind of picky on what I want, um, but um, but I've gotten just about all the other biggies. Um, I, most of them I have met through Star Wars conventions and stuff, which are a lot of fun. And then, um, yeah, so that's that's my biggie right there. That's that's what I would like to own. I, w- I want me to I want to get me a Kenny Baker autograph. I would have liked to have met him, but I didn't get to. Um, I have, um, one autograph I don't have is, um, uh, he plays Willow. I can't think what his name is right now. Oh yeah. The, the, but he's a little person. Yeah. Um, and, um, and the reason why I don't have his is, um, I made him mad. Um, I, tri- oh, no. I tripped over him at Disney world one time and, um, he was there with his family and we were there for a star Wars night and he was one of the hosts and I'm very tall and I didn't see him. And so I sort of stumbled over him, not paying attention to where I was going. Yes. (laughs) And he was a Ewok and he was in, he's been in a whole bunch of Star Wars and, and he looked up at me and gave me the worst look. And when I realized who it was, I was like, Oh, I want to take your picture. And then he was like, don't even, don't even, he's like such a nice guy, but I'm going to totally stepped on him. So, um, so I don't have his autograph and I would like that, but I need some more time to go by because I don't want him to like recognize me as the guy who ran over him at Disney World. So what was Carrie Fisher like? So I actually didn't get to meet her. I she died. Actually, today's the anniversary of her death. Yeah. Um, I had purchased her autograph years ago, but while she was still alive, Disney used to sell autographs in the um in the Star Wars um base, whatever it was, whatever they used to call that. Before they had the Star Wars Land of Galaxy's Edge, they had that little Star Wars store. Right. I think what it's called, but, um, and so they sold autographs there. So I picked a autograph for a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, and I was, I always wanted to meet her. And so we, when we bought tickets to the first star Wars celebration, we were going to go to, that was my biggie. I was going to get to meet her. And it was in, uh, like April and she died in mm. December. So I already had my tickets and everything. Um, and, and that was a death that hit me very hard. Oh, me I too. think, um, you know, even though she was, she's a celebrity. I never met her. I never, you know, but I'd followed her, and I'd read her books. And I mean, she was just an amazing person. So sharp witted, and you know, just just a just a you know. In addition to having a huge crush on her when I was a kid, you know, you kind of grow out of that, and you think, well, she's got an, a pretty amazing mind too. And and you know, that sharp wit is is ends up being kind of sexier than the gold bikini really, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's so cool. And, and so when she did die, that was a, that was a pretty big gut punch. Yeah, it was Not only for, you know, I, cause I was going to get to meet her. I was going to get to meet her finally, you know, but uh, for the loss to the, um, the community of her fans, we did get to go. So they did have a memorial event at that star Wars celebration and her daughter was on stage and did a big presentation and it was very moving and very cool to be a part of that. And, um, but but yeah, I would have I would have liked to have met her. That, that, that would have been death, great. That death hit me hard. That one and Farrah Fawcett hit me harder than any Princess other Princess Leia and Daisy Duke was yeah. the, that was the two girls of our yeah. childhood, yeah. truly. 
Yeah, and Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Warwick Davis. Yeah. Is that That's it? him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He hates me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hates me. He's not coming for any dental no, work he's anytime not, he's soon. He's not going to come and let me. So, what's the farthest you have clients or patients that come from? Oh, so, the, uh, so it's funny you ask. So, I do have a patient, a regular patient that comes from Washington D.C. Wow, it's a long story because she, I, I have been her dentist a long time. She's known me a long time, and she's had some bad experiences with dentists in in D.C. where she lives. So, she has family here. So, whenever she comes back, she schedules an appointment and she trusts me. And um, so That's she gets so a dental order. It's just so funny because her friends in D.C. make fun of her because they're like, I can't believe you go to Arkansas to get your teeth worked on. That's like the opposite of what you would think, you know. <laughs> so she's always trying to tell me, you need to set up a satellite office here in, in D.C. So, Well, you're a dentist with the force. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, it, it is. Yes, may the force be with you. And I have shirts that say, may the floss be with you, which is, you know, I love that. It's kind of our thing here at the office. So we have Star Wars Thursday. Everybody wears a Star Wars shirt on Thursday. Well, thank you so much for being on Guatney Unplugged. Uh, are you taking new patients? Thank you for having me and always taking new patients, always welcoming new smiles. Sign me up. We'll All see right. you guys next week on Guatney Unplugged.